Welcome back to the podcast, episode 77. I'm your host, Hoop. And I'm your host, Zany. Today, we brought on a very good friend and guest, Crafty. In today's episode, we decided to take a deep dive into game one of the NBA Finals between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, which ultimately led to the Nuggets victory. We went through each quarter going over every single minute detail, talking about what led to the Nuggets victory and what led to the Heat losing game one. We also briefly go over John Morant and the recent comments Adam Silver made about him before the NBA Finals started. It's a great listen, so we hope you guys enjoy. What a game. Game one of the NBA Finals. Miami falls to Denver. Nikola Jokic has a ridiculous triple-double. Um, it's not particularly a close game, um, but we're going to recap the entire thing. We just watched it. Uh, but before then, Saini has some news to break to us that I haven't heard about. Um, but it's apparently really interesting. Oh, by the way, we're with the guest. I forgot to mention him. Bro, <laughs> we have a guest in there because I'm, I'm used to seeing him. So it's not like, you know, he's, he's just chilling with us. But yes, we have a, a very special guest with us. Uh, Crafty is with us. I'm not we went over him. it in the intro, but I guess a formal uh, introduction for <laughs> yes, Crafty was, yes, before yes. we started. Um, but yeah, I mean, I respect Adam Silver for this because he wanted to keep the focus on the NBA Finals. But obviously, uh, John Morant. We all know his old scandals. We're not going to dive deep into it. I think we've done that like two or three times on this podcast already. But um, John Morant's punishment has been decided. Ooh. And apparently more information has been shed to light to Adam Silver in the NBA. Uh, a lot of details that were not known beforehand are now known. And Adam Silver said that he gave him a discipline that he felt was appropriate for what he was, what the information he found out. But here's the thing. He said he doesn't want to take away attention from the teams or the NBA finals. So he's keeping it a secret until the NBA finals are over. So we have no idea what this guy is talking about. We have no idea what new information came out. All we know is John Morant's punishment has been decided. So I want to ask you guys real quick before we start, what are, are the predictions here? Because I think if he's – like, I honestly think that he could be suspended for a whole season. Knowing like, I Adam think that... Silver, he will be out for six games. <laughs> <laughs> he's a people's no, commissioner. Here's the thing, like – he was like you know, stressing. Dog, he was he was stressed how, on the fact know, though, but know, he but stressed you know on the fact that information you'd lose for John Morant being out no, I agree. all season. Bro, I agree. And Memphis and Memphis will not bucks. be a market. Memphis will not be a market to make money off of anymore because you have Dylan Brooks, who was funny that he's gone, and then John Morant's gone. They're not going to be an interesting team to watch. Nobody really cares about the Grizzlies outside of those two, right? Um, there's no like personality to look for. No, no, no. I, I mean, didn't like, care about him like, from the beginning. Attention. So no, 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 no. Okay, no. Let's be real here. Other than Jaron Jackson Jr. winning Defense Player of the Year and us talking about him for 30 minutes, what media attention do the Grizzlies get outside of John Morant and Dylan Brooks? Tell me right now. Tell me right now. They get no media attention, right? The only reason they get attention was those two guys. I was just so, saying, like you don't so gotta when, throw. No, 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 I know, I know. You, not like you, that. not you. I, I know. I'm just saying. No, like, you, I'm, I'm you proving my point that like. I'm proving my point that, like, Memphis, their whole media attention comes from those two guys. Of course. And that's, they're what, losing that's why both I said you'd lose a lot of money yeah, if but John Moran is At the toast. same time, like, he seemed pretty, like, like he wasn't happy talking about it. Bro, he wasn't, y'all saw like, that meme of him in a suit on 2K at the end of the yeah, bench? Yeah, and he's like, nah, they, they, done suspended John Morant. they done suspended John Morant. I laughed so hard I'm assuming at that. that's just like a, this is like a Twitter meme. Like, that's not a real thing, right? 
yeah, I haven't played yeah. 2K in a while. And the, so and I the thing I love about I love about 2K is it's just always the player's build on court just with a suit on. So he yes, has sir. his like hair tied up and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's not dripped out or anything. He's just wearing that like generic suit, and it just had me weak. Bro, but if we want to jump straight suit. into the game, I don't want to. Ju- I don't want to stay too long. On Wait, I didn't get. I didn't get hoops full prediction. Six games. Oh yeah, yeah, right, a, right, right. a real prediction. So what do we actually oh, think? Um, I think he's done for the season. Yeah. Oh. So I am I the only one that doesn't think he's going to be I gone mean, for the it, season? It could be interesting to see, because what was the initial one? Eight games? No, I um, think, yeah, that was for this season. It was, was it yeah. 10 days? With this one. I think and it was 10 days. With, um, on top of being told no, you'd figure it would be at least half a season. But to put an end to it, right, you already tried for the, the lesser and to get him back. Like, I think you just kind of sit him out for the year. Um, at, at least that's what I think. I would do if I uh, I wasn't for the money. I think Adam's got enough. What well, I think me? this situation is just a little different too, though. Uh, and the, I mean, I think he's going to get between thirty-five and forty between thirty-five and forty games. I think that's the appropriate, in my opinion. But uh, the it, the difference between this one and the first one is the first one we had evidence pretty much that he took the firearm onto team facilities, the plane. This one it wasn't on team facilities. It was just him being stupid on Instagram Live, which isn't new. Uh, so because team facilities are taken out of it, I mean, I do think it's going to be a more intense suspension than his original one that he got uh, last season. But I do think, I don't think he'll be out for a season because you're probably the, the right. biggest, the biggest comparison we have is Gil Arenas and he was out for a season for taking it on team facilities. Right. No, I, but Gilbert Arenas was, wasn't a recurring action here, right? Like he, it wasn't. Like, he, he, how many times did he pull a gun? Like, this is John Morant's second instance within pew, pew. a couple months, right? And they sent him to rehab. They or not rehab, sorry. They sent him to that. Um, what was it? Like, he went to counseling. What's it called? Sorry, not rehab. Uh, uh, counseling. Like, he he went and got help for it, where he was like, like teaching himself how to make better decisions with his behavior. And the second he graduates from that class. He's on Instagram live again. And to, to his credit, it was his friend on live and John Morant just like, it wasn't like John on his own account, but at the same time, Josh should know that his friend is on that. Like, like you know what, you gotta be aware of your surroundings. You gotta have a talk with your friends and be like, don't don't be publicizing what we're doing out in public. Um, and Josh seemed into the live. Like I'm not, I'm not um, defending Jaw here or anything, but I think I mean, the Gilbert Arenas comparison that's situational because that was a one-time thing. John Morant's repeating the same action over and over again. He's making the same mistake, which makes me think that Adam Silver is really going to discipline him here. And it's even funnier as the cherry on top that Hoop and his Knicks probably got the best pick out of the 2019 draft when it's all said and done because <laughs> one of them can't get his hands off a donut and the other one uh, can't get his hands off a gun. But I, I think mean, we could. A donut. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think Darius Garland is the is the much better pick than R.J. Barrett. Yes, but, um, I'm joking. By the way, I love I love Zion and I love Jaw and I hope both of them have great careers. I'm, I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke. Bro, he was looking large in that Mountain Dew commercial, man. I will never argue with uh, slandering the Knicks in any way, shape, or form. So please keep it coming. Um, we can get started on the finals. I don't want to get talking to the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, Crafty, me and Saney were t- texting during the game. We both have our full list of thoughts based on, like, everything that went down from quarter to quarter. Um, since this was not a game that was, like, swinging, it was kind of a Denver chokehold for most of the time. Uh, Miami they hit a couple shots at the end um, to bring it somewhat 
respectable, but it was just a, a Denver stomping. Um, what do you think? I'll start with you since you're our guest. Was the ultimate key to the game? Uh, ultimate key to the game, I think, was the uh, two things: was the huge quarter from Aaron Gordon at the, in the first quarter. I believe he had ten points and like four rebounds in that first quarter, and they were all huge uh, and big rebounds. Uh, but throughout the entire game, it's the same story that it always has been, and it's just that Jokic isn't alone anymore because Jamal Murray is just that guy in the playoffs. I mean, put on a stellar performance thing. He had, what, 25 points before they pulled him, or 26? Um, and then going into the fourth quarter when the Heat were coming uh, coming back, they put him back in. But, I mean, he he's just that guy in the playoffs. I have no other way to describe him other than the fact that if you need a big shot, you're going to knock it down. Uh, but throughout the game, I do want to give a quick shout-out to all the sports bettors out there who took the over on Haywood Highsmith. Uh, because that man also in the fourth quarter looks like Michael Jordan himself. Uh, Jimmy Butler's not Michael Jordan's son. I think it's now Haywood Highsmith with 18 points. I think 12 of them came in the fourth quarter. It warmed I, my heart to see Cody Zeller get some finals minutes. I uh, That was really trippy to me to see. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. His um, bald head. And, uh, He's got to shave it, man. Hoop, I know we texted about the notes thing. I don't know about you, but I did like a deep dive into each quarter. Like I separated That's my what notes. I was saying. I mean, yeah. I at that. So like, I wasn't in the group chat. The is first... what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> after the the first quarter, I kind of you know it was kind of a polo away, so I didn't think I needed to do. I mean, I have them. They're in chronological order. Yeah, I have. To... I mean, I, I would first... love to go through each quarter. Like yeah, I'd love to take a deep dive to talk in each about, quarter. Like Crafty uh, alluded to it. It's Aaron Gordon. And right. the thing I wrote here is Miami cannot start Caleb Martin at the four anymore. No. Because to spark the Denver offense through layups is the last thing you could do. Because they see the ball go through the basket, they score more. They're but, one of the most electric uh, offenses out there. I'm saying with these bully ball buckets that are just a result of mismatches to get layups to spark your I offense, agree. it's much different to have Jamal Murray have to play make and have guys to have to hit tough right. shots to get them going in the first quarter. This right. was a team that hasn't played in nine days. Right. Um, and Miami is coming fresh off a, a great game seven win in Boston. Mm. So for Aaron Gordon to not even have to to think about what? I'm going to let you finish your point, but I, I have a counter to, to your point. I don't know. I just think um, Aaron Gordon is not the guy you're supposed to be game planning around to change. So you, you need to start someone else i agree with you in terms of like the point you brought up where you cannot allow denver to spark up through layups to start a game off 100 percent. that is the wrong way to let your team let that denver team warm up but to put the blame on caleb mariner to say he can't start the four here's the thing with denver and here's what they did very freaking well to start the game is that they had gordon have Vincent switch on him many possessions, which led to Gordon playing that bully ball in the paint against Vincent because Vincent is not doing anything against Aaron Gordon. And we saw that tonight, right? And there were many instances where it was either Max Struess or Gabe Vincent. I'm willing to bet more times than not that it was Vincent or Struess up against Gordon uh, with his buckets than Caleb Martin. Now, that's not giving a pass to Caleb Martin. Like, you guys got to, like, the switches were terrible for Miami. Denver did a beautiful job time and time again getting the front court to switch onto Aaron Gordon. Why? I don't know. I don't know why they didn't fix things after the first, second, or third time even. Because Aaron Gordon had 12 points in the first. It seemed that Spo made some adjustments because he only had two points in the second. But at the same time, 
we've seen it time and time again. When a team runs away with it in the first quarter, that seems to be the story for the rest of the game, right? And you can't allow Denver, like Hoop said, to start up with layups. But I just wanted to say that I'm not going to fully put the blame on Caleb Martin. I'm going to put the blame on the Heat in general because they had switches happen that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Well, I guess I guess that also comes back to the point that a lot of people have been making too about this finals matchup. It's like the Heat are just, they don't have matchups for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, sure, you got Bam Adebayo uh, guarding Nikola Jokic, which is a great matchup, but you don't really have many people on that team who can guard Aaron Gordon other than someone like Bam Adebayo. So it, it's really tough for Miami to find a matchup here without double teaming, essentially, which has got them through a lot of series as far as we have here, and it's pretty much how they stop Giannis every time by trapping him and double teaming him, but you're really taking – then you're leaving Jokic wide open, which is the boring layup god, and he's going to get those every single time he's going to get his. Uh, but one thing I wanted to point out, I mean, obviously, throughout Jokic's entire season or last three seasons at that, we've talked – everyone has talked a lot about his passing. But he had six assists in the first quarter, every one of them. Like, I had a better view – than Jokic did watching this game. And from the bird's eye view, I didn't see the passes he was about to make. Like, it was that impressive of a passing uh, show from him. And I, I don't know, I, I just watching him throughout his six assists eight in the first quarter that, like, I could see myself a good honest, passer when I play. I, I don't know how he did that. That, that was so impressive. I don't, I don't even get phased by that anymore. I didn't I didn't get phased by one Jokic pass, and there was a lot of crazy ones that if any other player made, I would be like, well, I don't make a face when he does it anymore. The player I watch the most is, is Luka Doncic. So when anyone else does something that Luka can yeah. remotely do, that's how excited I get. Like It was like I was watching a seven-foot Luka Doncic snipe. Uh, I mean, when we get to the fourth quarter, we'll talk about it. But there was only one Jokic pass that I actually was like jaw-dropped. And I'm not saying that he's not making jaw-dropping passes. I'm just saying like it's it's hilarious how used to... like I'm unfazed by it when I watch Jokic now. That's my point. Yeah, there was one pass. I think it was the third where he got doubled. Um, yeah. and they were on the yeah. left side of the court. Yes. Yeah. And he found like he was he was back to the basket, back to Bruce Brown, who was in the the weak corner. And within a half a second of turning, he figured out who the double came off of, and he threw a bullet to Bruce Brown as a wide open three. And I was like, you know, that's something you see on the birds. I was like, throw it to him, throw it to him, bro. Immediately, I was like, he is a dog. The that the first quarter was a little bit more competitive in terms of like the heat kind of staying alive for the first six minutes. I'd like to say. Because um, Jimmy Butler, and, and I think Hoop said this at the beginning of the show, he's not he does not have a spark. He did not have a spark this game, but through the first like few minutes of the first, I thought he was going to have a 40-point game because he was playing great for his like, first two or three shots. Like he, he was getting at it, right? And then out of nowhere, he just like gave up. He's like, and the one thing I'm noticing with Jimmy Butler, and it's not just this game, but it's even in the, like, the last few Boston games, he's like jogging with the ball. He's like handling the ball, just kind of like dribbling around, trying to find a possession. Then he'll just drive into the paint, put up a floater. And then like, it's, it's not that efficient. He's not, he hasn't been like crazy efficient lately. Right? He hasn't been the James or the Jimmy Butler we saw in the first, second and a bit of the third round. Right. Um, and Can I say something? Yes. Because I think a large reason to see Jimmy like this and to see, I don't know, we didn't bring it up yet, but the heat had two free throws tonight. Yeah. That was it. And you saw That's a, a record, lot of, by the way. You saw a lot of threes missed. Uh, yep. Struess took like seven or eight. Uh, Duncan took a couple. Uh, yep. Martin took a couple. They're trying to play like the Denver Nuggets, which trying to play another team's game is not going to work. They're trying to no. play fast. They're swinging around for threes. Kyle Lowry's trying to chuck up threes like he's Jamal Murray. I don't see them trying to slow the game down like they should. 
number one, Kyle Lowry, okay, MVP of the Heat. He was making threes no, like Jamal no, Murray yeah, would. Yeah. He was nice. Number two, your point that Miami Heat shouldn't be playing like the Nuggets, here's the thing. They actually executed it perfectly until it came down to the last shot because there was a lot of open threes that were not hitting for the Heat. They had a lot of open opportunities that should have went in. Number one, Max Drews, you got to come in with some freaking confidence next game because Max Drews had a lot of opportunities that should not have been misses, I'm especially when Max Jimmy Drews didn't is... play well. They could have hit more shots, but Jimmy just still no, that's what was I mean. irrelevant. No, I, I, I get that, but I'm saying like your point where it's like you shouldn't be playing to another team's standards. While I do agree with that point, when it comes to this game, they actually did a great job of running that style of offense. They just couldn't hit a shot. Right? Like they got the looks they wanted. And at the end of the day, there's only so much a coach can do when it comes to putting the ball in the bucket. He can tell you exactly how to get the look, but it's up to the players to execute that look. Miami did not execute those looks tonight. And that was ultimately their downfall. Because when you're relying on a Bam Adebayo, and credit to him, he did great with these little Kobe fadeaways in the paint. And that's your whole offense. By the way, quick stat through Miami's first 20 field goals, 10 of them were Bam. And it was those little Kobe fadeaways. But it's like, Denver's a fast-paced team, and Bam Adebayo can't drop 50 or 40 doing that. He can't be the number one option on offense doing that type style of offense, right? Like, it's not, you're never going to win basketball. We saw that tonight. You, that's not winning basketball. You have guys like, again, Struess, Martin. They combined for 0 for 15 in the first half. And their job is to – Martin is a little more aggressive. Max Struess's job is to literally shoot the ball, and he wasn't. And you know what? Reports are saying Tyler Hero is back for game two. They better pray to God Tyler Hero comes back for game two because they need a guy who can put the ball in the bucket when he's open, and they don't have that right now. And, uh, and Highsmith probably has the most threes made when it comes to being open, and that should not be the case. That And no, dis, no disrespect to Highsmith, that shouldn't be the case for an NBA Finals team. I agree uh, with a lot of what you just said, except for the, the Tyler Hero thing. Uh, I think at this point, you know, they've played most of the – the uh, NBA playoffs without Tyler Hero. And at this point, these guys are in such of a rhythm. Uh, I think a lot of tonight was these dudes are exhausted. I mean, they just went up 3-0 and then watched a team almost come back to beat them and then give everything they had three days later to play a team that, like Hoop had said, had had nine or ten mm -hmm. days of rest. I, I just think right. I just think at this point, you're, you're dealing with a lot of altitude, too. I mean, you're going up to Denver, yeah. and these guys are used to playing at the lowest altitude stadium in the NBA. I think it's at six feet over seat level. I, I just think I, I think this whole series, they're going to be outmatched. I mean, I've, I uh, through at work, at least, when I'm typing in the chat, I keep saying nuggets and four. I just don't see a way for the Heat to win this at all. I disagree. I, I don't think it's going to be a nugget sweep. And I can't agree with you to the point where the Heat didn't get much rest. I think it's ridiculous that they made them play this quick, if I'm being honest. Um, I agree. I don't know about you. And I can't remember. This is not a fact. This is just a feeling. I could just be a dummy and just not remember what other seasons were like. But did any other team in NBA history have this short of a break before the NBA Finals? Moving on to a round. Because I remember the Cavs and the Warriors. There was like seven days at least of media where... That that uh, little reporter from Jimmy Fallon would go and he'd do all that stuff. Uh, Green. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they, they would Green be like jokes. Green. Like there was barely any media attention for the finals. I didn't see any funny stuff. I didn't see any like cool little bits because on it's Jimmy the Fallon Nuggets and the Heat. There's I no, mean, I'm not. No, no, I'm no. Not I don't think it's because it's the Nuggets and the Heat. I don't think it's because it's the Nuggets and the Heat because Jokic is great. He'd be hilarious to bracket off of. And you know, Jimmy, I think it's because they gave them three days and they're like, what the hell are we supposed to do in three days? And well, I think that the, the NBA needs to do a better job. I think it's ridiculous that a team only gets three days of rest. Every other team does. Like, the Nuggets, just because they swept the Lakers, does not mean that they get literally three times the amount of rest that the Heat do because they could have played a worse team in, in retrospect, right? Like, you can't reward a, another team 
when they had a completely different situation with an extra week of rest. I agree. I, I would agree say with that. You're right. But Miami should have closed out. No, I Austin. agree. It, they they definitely should have. But I'm saying they shouldn't have a like, bro. Like they planned this beforehand, and they said if there's a game seven, you're going to play four or three days after. It's TV. You're going to fly bro, that it's night. All money. It I, I, they could have made more money. If that's your point, they could have made more money by marketing the game by marketing the games for an extra week. I don't. Can we can we that's talk a, about the game? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, it, it, this now. is about the game. This is about the game because Crafty's right. Like that, that, that could be a co contributor. Where it's like it these guys be. did not get any rest. No, it, it, they, I think it definitely is a contributor. Rest. That's why. I mean, I had a video film that I never edited and put on my YouTube channel, um, just because I didn't think it was a good video. But one of my main points was a the altitude, which is just. I mean, the higher the altitude, it, you get tired quicker. And then they're going down to Miami. They're getting a lot more rest. Uh, so obviously they're going to have the advantage in that aspect. I mean, then. I mean, there's just such a big difference between how many days these ha dudes have had to look at film. I guarantee you the Denver Nuggets have been watching heat film for 10 days straight. Like, they came into this yeah. game just more prepared. They had more time to be prepared. But I guess that's also an advantage of sweeping your opponent when you're up 3-0. I'd love to move on to the second quarter here because I, I, there's still a few things that we haven't addressed from the first half. For sure. Um, but uh, I'm going to go off because I know we mentioned a few things from the second quarter, but some things I have here are... Kyle Lowry comes in in the second quarter, maybe late in the first. Great ball, played great. He had constant ball movement. He was on one the whole game, uh, and I think he should have played more minutes. I think he only had 10 minutes in the first half. That should not have been the case. Max Drew should not have had 10 extra minutes over Kyle Lowry because uh, we saw how that backcourt worked with um, Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry. And I'm now realizing I called them the front court when I said the Aaron Gordon point. I meant backcourt. Anyway, um, Miami ball movement got a lot better in the second quarter. They were, like, doing better offensively, but Denver genuinely would not let them catch up. Denver was just firing back on all cylinders. If Denver had a little bit of a struggle in that second quarter, it would have been a different game at halftime uh, because Miami was turning up for a bit. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, first half, they shot 18 for 48. They had their moments. Denver didn't let up, and Denver just kept going. Caleb Martin, 0 for 5 in the first half. I'm not going to be the one to say recency bias because I've seen a lot of funny comments on Instagram where it's like, oh, fluke run. Oh, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Bro, it's one game. Uh, I'm not going to count the guy out yet, but he cannot oh, play like this Oh, you're talking about again. Caleb Martin? I'm talking about Caleb Martin right now. I'm not here to say that he's he going to play bad. Player. Yes, but I do think that this is not the standard, the level that he should usually play at. I think I he agree. will play better. You can say that there's definitely blame there. Definitely like you could blame Struess. But I would definitely look towards Jimmy first. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The one thing the I agree. definitely agree. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to say was, um, going back to kind of that Aaron Gordon point. This was something that happened throughout the whole game, where Jokic was just hitting cutters right under the rim for easy layups, uh, even in traffic, which is very impressive. Miami just came off a series where the only dude they had to worry about moving with the ball or without the ball, was a Celtic cutting towards the basket. Because with that Boston offense, they have one dude cutting towards the rim, and either he's going to float it up like a Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon, or he's kicking it out for a three. And then Rob Will might be in the dunker spot. With Denver, there might be three or four guys running um, with or without the ball, with Jokic at the top, and you got like three dudes running around. So I think it, going back to that exhaustion point, um, it is much more taxing to play defense against the Denver Nuggets than it is the Boston Celtics. Um, and that can cause for more switching, which can cause for more of those easy layoffs to the mismatches. 
um, when you have a six foot ten small forward in Michael Porter Jr. That is such a asset um, as a cutter. And I know he's more of that, you know, the second I'm touching, I'm shooting it because I'm never getting the ball again. Like, that's how he shoots the ball. Um, but for offensive weapons sake, like Denver is a, you know, they're the 99 overall on 2K. There's no stopping them. I think Miami just needs to hit their shots to keep it close. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, especially when you look at their depth. I mean, at, at their depth, there's not a single player out there who, I mean, they're not going to struggle to re-sign next season. I mean, every single player, mm-hmm. even Bruce Brown, I've, I've heard, I've seen reports or something that like the Nuggets got him for one year, so might as well use him now. Just because a lot of these players are going to be looking for some big contracts after this. I think that's about it for the first half if we want to head on to the second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have a slightly hot take. I have a slightly hot take. And I don't know how hot you guys are going to think this is. But oh, it's burning then. It's I burning. Think, I think that Miami could have and should have won tonight. No, you could say I, that. I think they should have won tonight. I think now, If they're going to take a game, they could have taken this one. They could have taken this one. I think taken if they every were game going won to this sur- finals. If they were going to take a surprise, it should have been this game. And they, they it was in their hands, and it ultimately led again to the execution of the final shot. And they were not dropping that. I really hope Jimmy turns up, man, because it's been I feel like it's been a while since I've seen Jimmy really take full throttle and, and take full control of the game because I feel like he's been kind of a little he looks more relaxed because like guys like Caleb Martin and Struess were like turning up for a bit. Um, yeah, no, then none of that. None of that. Let's see some 2020 Jimmy bubble. Uh, but let's head on to the third quarter. Hoop, if you want to start us off and then we'll, we'll branch out from that. Um, the one thing I noticed <laughs> where whether. They started doing a zone. This is Miami. Um, they started in like a 3-2 zone when Jokic was off the court. And I didn't like that in the sense that the zone yields efficient offense if it's broken. And when you have such a good offensive team, even without Jokic, um, in Denver, they're going to generate these three-point looks, which they were hitting when Jokic was on the court. So they already have momentum. Now you're dropping in a zone to, I guess, prevent like... I don't know, cause turnovers, but when you when you have a team that's that offensively talented and guys like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who are all incredible shooters, I didn't like it. With Jokic on the court, um, now you're giving them even more firepower with a dude who is high assist, low turnover, and loves hitting corner threes. Um, like, loves hitting the man in the corner for a corner three. Um they were saying how like the two man game was kind of unstoppable between Murray and Jokic, which is why they went to the zone. But I didn't like that in the sense that if you're going to be Denver, we've seen Jamal Murray have some poor games. Jokic has had some inefficient games that have been uncharacteristic from the regular season. Um, I think you need to kind of force them to create offense in the mid range for, you know, to slow their offense down. It's, it's hard to rely on them to, to miss that many open threes because they're going to get them. <laughs> One thing I realized, that's, those are great points too, but one thing I realized that I want to mention, and I kind of realized this, it happened in every quarter, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the first two minutes of every quarter, Miami was by far the better team. They came out of each quarter hot. Like, third quarter, they started off with a 9-0 run. When we get into the fourth quarter, I'll get the specific numbers there, but I'm just saying, Miami has some sort of spark when they get off the bench they get back on the court the first two minutes start and denver seems a lot more relaxed 
they need to find a way if they want to win game two to keep that same energy for the full 12 minutes of each quarter. Because again, like think about it. First two minutes, they they start hitting their shots. They're going crazy. Denver has one good play happen, and it's like a it's like dominoes. It's 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 just it just all starts falling down for Miami, and I don't know why. If I don't see Kyle Lowry play at least 30 minutes next game, there's an issue. There's an issue. I'm gonna be real. Like Kyle Lowry, this whole it's not just a one game. Don't call me recency bias here. Not you two. I'm just saying whoever's listening. I'm saying recency bias. Kyle Lowry has been. <laughs> This whole playoff run. This whole playoff run. And if you you if you if you don't if you don't agree with me, then you're not watching M- NBA right now. You're not watching Miami Heat basketball. Kyle Lowry looks like he's playing in 2016 again, and he's competing for an All Star spot back in Toronto. Kyle Lowry looks like that same Kyle Lowry that dropped like 22, walking around with that little Raheem Sterling run. But all I'm saying is, Lowry needs to play more minutes if the Heat want to win. Like a proud Canadian. Say it like that, Saini. Oh, Canada. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, this is my other note from the third quarter. Um, Bam had it going all game, and Jokic was saw like weak sauce defensively. He was just he was barbecue chicken to Bam. And while that jump shot is not gonna be there all the time, it was pathetic. I'll go back to the free throws. How they're not attacking. Jokic, who's weak defensively. He had one foul. Nikola Jokic ended the game with one foul. The Miami Heat attempted two free throws, which right. shout out Haywood Highsmith. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. No, don't it take is... two free throws. Say Haysmith shot 100% of Miami's free throws. That sounds cool. It's a true story. Facts, facts. And he made let's, 100% let's of them. them. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's get. <laughs> Haywood Highsmith. But uh, it amazes me how you know Bam was hitting jumpers, so you know you can you can that shoot the jump shots. That but when you're when you're that, he was overpowering him by a large margin, um, even in getting to the rim. So I think it makes sense to at least like try to, when you're down by that many points, try to get something going in that way, as opposed to you know let's spark Max Struess. He's 0 for eight. Maybe he'll go one for nine. I don't know. Um, you know how was improved, who's improved greatly for the Heat? And again, like there are players that I think should be playing over Max Struess right now because that guy has no confidence. Duncan and, Robinson. And it's one, yeah, I was just going to say Duncan Robinson. And you know what? It's one game. I'm not going to be saying recency bias or nothing. But once your guy goes like 0 for 6, 0 for 7, switch him out and get somebody else in because this is the finals. We don't have time for you to settle in. We don't have, and especially Struess, he's not known for this, right? Like he just started to turn it up. That's what I'm saying. There's no reason to ride out something to, Yeah, this is not Jimmy Butler. Exactly, right? Like I don't mind if you ride out Jimmy Butler. You don't ride out Max Struess. No. Duncan Robinson, when I say this, and this is probably the most underrated part of this guy's game that nobody talks about, his on-ball and off-ball playmaking, where he just runs around like, what's the little mouse, the the little Mexican mouse from Looney Tunes? Speedy Gonzalez. um, Speedy, Speedy Gonzalez. Gonzalez. This guy, him and Bam, Bam sets him a screen. Duncan Robinson, he's like Speedy Gonzalez running around, grabbing the ball, seeing players, and he's just – and I'm like, damn, like that's what you need, bro. And Denver players, and at one point, Jamal Murray's going to get caught on a Bam screen, and that's going to give you an open look. And again, which ultimately leads out to Miami loss because they weren't making their open looks. But again, they have the motion there. They understand how to get open shots. And Duncan Robinson was a huge part of that. Off-ball and on-ball playmaking, that guy has, which I did not freaking expect from Duncan Robinson in the finals, where he would do that consistently time and time again, anytime he had the ball. 
I will tell you this right now. This game one, I don't care what you say. Game one, Duncan Robinson played a heavier role in the offense than Jimmy Butler did. Duncan Robinson did more for that Miami Heat offense than Jimmy Butler did when you include the on-ball and off-ball playmaking, the running around, finding open guys. I'm telling you, Duncan Robinson was that guy today, and I loved it. And that's exactly what you need to see from role players. And the thing is, if Miami could just have Bam and Jimmy on one at the same time, at the same time, they're a completely different team. But... It's a lot to ask for, apparently, when you're judging off of what we've seen this playoff run. You know, with that uh, that Duncan Robinson uh, comment you just made. Uh, see, I was I was left like I said earlier. I was left out of the group chat. I didn't know we were going quarter by quarter, so I just wrote down things as I saw them. And you took one of my my two one of my two third quarter notes, uh, and my other third quarter note was just beating a dead horse with uh, in the third quarter with three minutes left. I even wrote down the time code because I wanted to be specific for you guys. Um, Duncan Robinson missed one of the most. I mean, it, it, this isn't a knock on Duncan Robinson. This is more a knock on their shooting because I believe in the third quarter was probably their worst shooting effort I have seen in this game, uh, or probably in the Miami Heat season. Uh, Duncan Robinson hit the most embarrassing wide open three. Uh, well, he missed it. Sorry, he didn't hit it. Um, and Hoop has played me one v one. He's seen what I look I, like when I shoot, he, and he, he knows that something. I don't. And he knows that I he didn't. He had something. He had the, all backboard. I don't even think he hit the It was rim like ball. on the right. It was like, yeah, you don't even. If, if you it was watch it from our view yeah. on the TV, it's like on the other yeah, side of the rim. So, so yeah, Hoop, is, yeah. Hoop has played me in basketball. There's, it's, that footage is out there. I would have hit that shot. I, I would have hit that shot. It was the most wide open shot Duncan Robinson has had in his entire career. That's all biased and all just for exaggeration. And that entire team, that entire game, that's that, and specifically the third quarter. That's what I saw a whole lot of. I saw shots that I personally, as a five foot six non basketball player, never played in college. I feel like I could have made. Now, would I've actually made all of them? Maybe twenty percent. But it's still, it's still the fact that I would have hit any of them more accurately than these. Twenty percent is better than Max Truce. Twenty percent is better than Max Truce in game one. Hoop, if you don't have any other third quarter notes, I'd love to move on to the fourth because I, I have, have a few things to say about the fourth. I have three of those. Yeah, I know. Um, we have to kind of push through the fourth to wrap up the pod. The, the last thing I'll say is, um, when it comes to finals jitters, um, because I was paying attention to this, Jamal Murray on his first shot left it short, and then yeah. kind of found it. Um, I don't know if it's jitters. I don't know if it's he was just you know he hit the weights and he, he feel feels too buff right now and he was missing long. Like I don't know what's up the Miami shooters. I'd imagine that you know with their playoff experience and how many times they've been to the conference finals recently that it's that's not a big deal. So I do expect them to bounce back. This is not something like uh, I like agree. a Joel Embiid like right. he's just not going to be here. So I think I, it's possible they bounce back. And that's why I disagree with Crafty saying Denver in four. I think you're being a little too quick with that that take. But My bad. I do want to jump into five. the Jenna. I want to jump back into or I want to jump into the fourth quarter here. And uh, a point that I brought up earlier that showed again in the fourth is Miami starts the quarter off very strong. Uh, Kyle Lowry show, he starts off the quarter and they start off 11-0 run. They had an 11-0 run to start the quarter. And here's where I think things fell off for, for the Heat. And I literally put the timestamp and everything. Right when the eighth minute started, Duncan Robinson came off a screen and he took a three that I don't think was necessary. There was a lot of time left on the shot clock. He kind of like stuck his butt out. It was like coming off that BAM screen. He like stuck his butt out and put something up. They were on an 11-0 run, and they had a great offense going, and Duncan Robinson did something that was a little selfish, in my opinion. That miss resulted in a Denver bucket in transition, and then ultimately Denver just turned up from there. If Miami scores on that possession, 
that could be a potentially 13-0, 14-0 run, right? Now, I'm not blaming the whole thing on Duncan Robinson. I'm just saying it's little decisions like that that can affect the game entirely. Because when you go on an 11-0 run... This is hilarious. Yes, 100%. But I just want to bring up like this specific sequence because in my opinion, I'm not blaming Duncan Robinson, but I think that's no, when yeah. the hope that's when hope left the Miami Heat because that's when Denver was like, okay, we're going to turn up again. And Miami had a chance to literally go on like a 15-0 run if they played it right. Well, and let's also go to four minutes left in the game. It's hilarious. We both did like the same thing. Um, a very similar sequence. There's four minutes left in the game. It's a it's 10-point game. This is when Highsmith just hit a random three and they... They were randomly back in the game when they shouldn't have been. Um, Jokic has a very easy floater. And Gabe Vincent, with maybe 17 seconds left on the shot clock, takes a three-pointer three feet behind the arc. Um, a long rebound misses. They run back down the court. Jokic posts up, hits a fade. Now it's a 14-point game. Like, stuff stuff like that. Back-to-back. And, and yes. Jokic was on the bench, and he came off the bench yes. and hit back-to-back shots. That's when yep. Jokic took a rest. And you yep. let Jokic come back on and take back-to-back -back shots. I know exactly what you're talking about. And in my head, I didn't even write it down because I was like, this game is over. That's just another one of those examples where um, it's one thing to, to fall defensively. But when your shot quality is a long three from someone who's not hot, um, in that yeah. kind of situation when and, you're down, like... You got you to chip away. You can't get it all at once. And also, Jimmy Butler, by the way, uh, got subbed back in in the fourth at the seventh-minute mark. So for basically half the quarter... Uh, Spolstra didn't play him, and that half that in that five minutes that Jimmy didn't play, the Heat played much better. I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but when Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, and who was the fourth? I don't even. Oh, I think it was Highsmith. When Highsmith, yeah, yep, yep, that's the five that was on the court. That starting five for the Heat actually could go toe to toe with the Denver Nuggets in Game One. Not saying in general, but in that Game One, they went toe to toe with them. And they were, if anything, they played much better than them. Jimmy Butler comes on. In my opinion, it seemed like Jimmy Butler was kind of slowing down the offense. Because when Jimmy Butler's not on, they're very fluid. They move the ball a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed that. When Jimmy Butler does come on and they swing the ball to Jimmy, he's kind of like in the paint. He dribbles around a lot. He's like slow. He's not, he's not quick to make a decision. He's not urgent. He doesn't have any urgency in him. And I, I don't see that. And when you're shaving off an extra like four or five seconds of possession, that adds up. Because how many possessions are you getting the ball? Right. And when you're slowing the offense down like that, you're not getting momentum. You're holding momentum back. I'm not hating on Jimmy. I'm not saying he's going to play like this the whole series. But if we're speaking realistically, Jimmy held them back in game one and he can't do that as a superstar. And if I could say one more thing before swinging it to crafty, um, sw swinging the alley-oop to crafty, uh, Jimmy Butler, when he's not on, is not a great spot up shooter. Very rarely do you see him catching a, a kick out from Bam and just like raising up like these other role players would. So he's not a threat on that end without the ball. With the ball, he's tentative. There was a possession where he passed up a, a very nice mid-range look, which he had hit earlier in the game, I believe. This was not, he wasn't ice cold from the field. He had a poor shooting performance, but he was not this like, you know, Max Struess, I just can't find anything type thing. And then he uh, later got the ball. I don't know if it was off a give and go or as an offensive rebound where he passed out of a layup. Um, so it's just those kind of like lack of aggressiveness things where he's not this Jokic, I will find my teammates and, and spoon feed the buckets type guy. He's the type of passer where he'll get a foot in the paint, kind of look around and then give it to a shooter who's already tightly contested. He's not uh, a playmaker in the sense that he doesn't need to shoot like Jokic, for example, to spoon feed his guys buckets like he's a very different player and he, he turns invisible at times. 
Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. In fact, you guys took two of my uh, three fourth quarter notes. Appreciate you guys. What, what's, uh, the, what's the third? Oh, the third was that this was Miami's uh, first game one loss of the entire finals. Uh, so it counted as fourth quarter, really end of regulation, but we'll take it. Um, so there's also a momentum switcher uh, for Miami. This is the first time that they've went anywhere and they haven't stole one on the road in the first game. Uh, which is huge. You need to. You have to win one on the road. Usually, the way you know they talk about NBA uh, playoff series is first team to win one on the road is the first team to win the whole entire series. And typically, that's what Miami goes out and does. And that's as far an ESPN as game, stat. Hey, hey, that listen. ESPN I have to out ESPN hey, stats. Hey, hey, okay. What do you think? I look at all day. Okay, this is what I work with. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here wishing the Lakers were in the finals. Okay, come on. Nah, we gotta start getting some LaPodcast stats up in here. Oh my gosh, what is a LaPodcast stat? (laughs) Anyway, over under, how many times will Hoop say a pause moment? That's a LaPodcast stat. (laughs) I haven't done that in a minute. I've seen them on the TikTok clips though, so we we know they're there. Um, but yeah, I do genuinely think it's it's a little bit of change of pace. Usually, Miami's confidence is we go in here, we win the first game, and then they carry that confidence with them. Uh, I, we didn't get to watch the press, post-game press conferences. In fact, Saney sent me the link like 25 seconds after the game had just ended. So I have no idea what Jimmy's saying grind. right now. Um, I'm on the grind. But I'm sure Jimmy, I, I, I'm sure Jimmy's not smiling in this press conference like he has throughout the rest of the playoffs. This was, this was a game that most of the time they go in there and they expect to win, and you know they might they they might lose the game, but it's not that big of a deal. But this is a game that I think Miami viewed as a must-win situation. Obviously, it's the NBA playoffs. Everything's a must-win situation. Uh, but I'm willing to bet Jimmy's not smiling after this loss. I mean, shot six or 14 in the game, which right. for Jimmy Butler. Right. That's can, not terrible. It's not terrible, but considering a lot of those shots that he missed were what no, I would consider con- Contextually, Jimmy, it's terrible. Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of the yes. shots that I saw Jimmy Butler take were shots that, where I was like, he's starting to stand up from my couch. I'm like, oh, that's Jimmy's shot. And, and it wasn't Jimmy's shot tonight. It didn't go in. No. It just wasn't his night. And I do I agree. Will say uh, one thing I didn't, I didn't write down, but I did notice. Um, like you guys were saying, I don't know if it's the exact same thing, but I noticed a lot of the times when Jimmy was doing anything on the court tonight, there was a hesitation to him. Not like the yeah. hezzy that you want in a basketball game, but in the sense of every time that he went to go either shoot, pass, you could he was slow. So He's, slow yeah, to do yeah. every single thing that he did. And no urgency. I, I really I guess you could relate to no urgency. I guess it was the exact same thing yeah. you guys were saying. And yeah. I'm just saying it all over again for watch time. Yeah. Uh but it, it did feel like he was just moving kind of sluggish and slow throughout the entire game w analysis w <laughs> you're welcome this. i took what I w- you guys said and said it differently so there we go you did, i you will say this because we're rapid we're, we are like at the point where we should wrap up things soon but i will say this one thing and again this circles back to my main point that miami can still win a game and that miami is still very much in it is that both sides had little turnovers there was not a big turnover problem for each side i don't know if you guys noticed that but in terms of handling the ball, both teams actually did a great job. It was just a term of, like, Miami could not finish. Um, and if I'm Miami, it's like, okay, if I could just start putting the ball in the basket, this is a different series. This is, and I mentioned this earlier when I said, I'm unfazed by Jokic's passes, but there was one play in particular that I literally looked at him and I said, this guy's a freaking genius. Like, this guy is might be, like, when it comes to basketball IQ, we have oh, to put him. Was was it the... Let me talk about it. So, <laughs> listen, the game goes to single digits for the first time in the second half. Denver starts to be like, okay, these guys are putting on a throttle. There's about a minute and 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And Jokic grabs the ball for Murray and goes, okay, we got to slow things down. We got to slow things down. The second he looks at everybody, he slows things down. Miami slows down the second he puts his hand down, and he just 
bullets up past the Aaron Gordon in the paint. Now, it did result in a foul. But I'm just saying, like, bro, he slowed down the whole game, and I'm thinking, oh, this game's over? A second after he slowed down the game, bro, it was a bullet. Like, that was I a picked, bullet I picked pass. a different pass. I picked what are you talking pass. about? What are you talking I was, about? I was talking about the one where he had a defensive rebound and his like his face was to the rim. But there was dudes leaking out down the court. So he tips it to Aaron Gordon instead of just, like there was no one in the area. He just tips it to Aaron Gordon. So Aaron Gordon zings an outlet pass down the court as opposed to just coming down He's with the rebound and starting the outlet. He's a genius. Crazy. He's a genius. He's actually Crazy. a genius. He's a genius. And... I, I think Miami turned it up too late. I think Jimmy Butler started to get in like a couple of good shots in a little too late. Um, Bam, shout out Bam. Bam played great. But I mean, we should probably wrap up the show here because we're just going to keep saying the same points. I think this was a great episode, though, because we actually did get like that. This was great conversation. And as long as these two teams keep playing basketball like this, I think we're in for a great finals run for the podcast. Our first one ever, by the way, Hoop. I don't know if you realize that. This is our first finals. Yeah, um, we started late after cause, after cause, last year. Because we started right after the finals last year. Yep. Because um, I got strep. I don't know if anybody knows that, but the podcast was delayed due to health reasons to me. Um, Crafty, it was great having you on. That that was the quickest 45 minutes I've ever sat through. That was This was great. This was a great conversation. I love this. My mouth is very dry. I ran out of water halfway through the podcast. So at one point, right. I just refrained from talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> So W W guest is what you can call me. Yeah, <laughs> W guest. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to wrap things up. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This was episode seventy-seven, correct? Who? This yeah, is it's a Luke episode. We will. We will. Oh yeah, it's a Luke episode. We will see you guys in episode seventy-eight. Peace.